Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host, and I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, I'm not quite sure what we're going to title this episode, but you will see it in your feed. Uh, but earlier this week, I had a great conversation with a woman of color who has been working for the Department of Education for 34 years. And we were at a huge meeting together and I talk to everyone about money. As you know, I talk to you all about money, (laughs) but I'm always interested in how people handle their finances because as you know, I always say personal finance is personal. You have to engage with money in a way that works for you. And something that works for you may not work for me or for someone else. So I'm always curious how people handle their money um, because I learned something. And it doesn't, the person doesn't have to make more than me. Um, They don't have to be in my profession. I'm just really curious about how people utilize and spend their money. So I don't know how we got in the topic of retirement, but I was sitting next to her. We've known each other for maybe three or four years. um, And we started talking about retirement. And so she said to me something to the effect of like, I've been working for the department for 34 years and I'm, you know, I don't know when I'm going to retire. So I asked her why, like, why don't you know what, you know, what's the deal? And she said, I don't know if, I don't know what I would do if I retire. And a light bulb went on my head. So you know that this podcast is for several reasons. One, I love helping educators with their money. Two, it is recording my runway, (laughs) is recording me building my runway to retirement. And three, it's recording me building my runway to entrepreneurship. With all of that being said, because it's a major part of the podcast and what I'm doing, I started building my runway to retirement 10 years before retirement. So I worked for the New York City Department of Education. When I started working in 1998, you had to give 30 years of service and be 55 years old. So I started teaching at 23, which would mean that I would be eligible to retire at 55, which would have me retiring with actually 32 years of service because I started at 23. Well, if you listen regularly, and if not, I left the Department of Education twice. 
wants to found a charter school and wants to teach in West Africa. So that totaled about four years of me not being employed with the Department of Education and neither my volunteer service in West Africa nor the charter school that I worked for contributed to the New York City um, Department of Education's teacher retirement system. So I lost about four years of service. When I returned to the Department of Education for the final time, an offer came out called 2555. Now, that offer came out twice within my first, I guess, t- 10 years of edu- you know, of being an educator. And I don't believe I signed up until the second time. So what is the 2555? The 2555 means that you can retire with only 25 years of service and you must have 50, the age of 55 to collect your pension. So because I left for those four years, signing that 2555 guaranteed that I would be able to retire at 55. I wouldn't have to remain an additional three years or so, or actually, yeah, I wouldn't have to remain. So when I retire, yeah, it's about two years. I, when I retire at 55, I will have had 28 years of service to the New York City Department of Education, but 32 years of service to education in totality, because that's the only job that I've ever had. Had I not signed the 25, 55, I would have had to work an additional, I would have had to make up the four years. So I'd had to work an additional four years and I had, I would have to work till 59 to get to the 30 years of service necessary to retire with a full pension. So one, a lot of people told me I was foolish for signing 2555 because I was so young when I started And I did it because I believe in giving myself options. And part of the reason why I said it didn't make sense is because you have to contribute, according to my contract when it happened, an extra 1.8% a year beyond the 10 years that teachers who started to teach when I did had to contribute. So when I started teaching in 1998, you had to contribute to the pension for 10 years. And after that, they stopped taking the 3% out. Because I signed the 2555, I had to contribute and I still continue to contribute an additional 1.8 to make up for the five years of service. Um, And it'll actually be less than five years. Um, I'll end up going beyond the 25. But it made sense to me because it gave options and you don't know what's going to happen. So as you know, I'm a security person and I did it that way. Lo and behold, in recording sharing with you my journey and all the other financial information I talked to people. So this, uh, she's actually a superintendent and she told me I can share this story with you. So I'm like, please, I know she'll be excited when she hears this episode. So she's been working for the Department of Education for 34 years and she is like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so at this stage of my career, I know a lot of people who 
are retiring or recently retiring. One of my teammates will be retiring um, in the next two or three months. I have one teammate who could have retired three years ago and she's still working. And now I'm talking to this colleague who feels like she wants to retire, but she's not sure if she could. So in our conversation, what came out um, and the three things that I learned. One, she doesn't even know if she's financially able to retire or not. I believe that she is based on our conversation. Two, so she didn't know. Two, part of the reason that she continued to work like she loves her job, but part of the reason that she's continuing to work is because she doesn't know what she would do if she wasn't working. And three, we have a lot of pride about our money and we're afraid to talk to people about how we handle our finances because we always think that someone either has more than us or will judge us for what we have or don't have. So we just started this conversation and I think it was a a good 20 minute conversation, 20 minutes to a half an hour conversation over lunch about her finances. And we were able to do some really simple math to give her an idea of what she would get in retirement because I've taken the classes and so I'm always, you know, interested in the math. And she was surprised. One thing that she and I shared in common is a friend that we had. Um, and I, and so our friend, she knew um, our friend longer than I did. But when she told me she had 34 years of service, I said to her, you know, you're losing money by continuing to work. And she said, oh, my God, my friend who just passed away told me the same thing. And so our friend could have retired many, many years ago and she continued to work. And she decided to retire during the pandemic. She retired during the pandemic and she passed away last December. So she was only retired for two years. And it's interesting for me to speak to someone who her death really made us reflect on the choices that we're making in our life about work. Uh, So you must plan your retirement like you plan for everything else. Think about what you want to do. Think about how you want to do it, what your options are. I started 10 years out because I knew that I don't want to stop working. I just want to have options in how I work. So I don't want to have to show up to a building or an office every day at a certain time and be told I can't leave until a certain time. I want to have the option to work Tuesdays to Thursday. I want to have the option to take six-week vacations if I choose to. That's what I mean about being work optional. The option to retire at 55, I recognize that I will be really young and could start another career if I chose to, but it's my option. And so to me, it's not an all or nothing deal when it comes to retirement. 
And in talking to her, she was saying, I don't know what I want to do. I would have to, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. And I was like, yeah, you don't have to make the decision tomorrow, but you have to start thinking about what you want to do. Imagine what retirement would look like. I often give people that I speak to about this, the five senses activity to do about retirement. So what does retirement taste like, feel like, smell like, look like, and sound like, right? It's really simple. I'm an elementary school educator, but really imagine what life could be in retirement. And then I believe you can make it happen. So really reflect, what, is, what do you want it to look like, right? The other thing is that she had never done the math. So I totally encouraged her to go and have a pension consultation so she would have a better idea of her numbers. So she's already completed the, 50, the 30 years of service. She's four years beyond that. And she's already past 55. So she has... She gets additional, an additional percent, percentage points on her pension because she's gone beyond the 30 years. She doesn't have a clue what that number is. And so we, you know, we did some math because it's basically the average of your last three years of salary. And she has gotten significant raises for the past three years. So if she wants to get her pension off of her current salary, she would have to work two more years because her first year, she's almost completed an additional year on this, a a full year on this salary. So she'd have to work for two more years to make those three years would then give her the right average. So she would, her pension would be calculated on her current salary. But the difference between her doing one more year versus two more years is not a lot. And she recognizes that as well. But going to have the pension consultation will give her her exact numbers. And then she could make an informed decision about what she wants to do. She'll have an idea of like what, you know, the ideal retirement looks like for her. And she'll understand her financial numbers with her pension. This woman has been socking away for her retirement. Not only does she have the pension, but she also contributes to the 403B, which is our TDA, and the 457, which is our deferred comps. Like she's my, you know, the model person for me um, because I do the same. And I encourage all of you who listen, um, who are educators, make sure you maximize your retirement accounts because she maxes both of them. So she's put away, she's got a nice little cushion. And this is without her even showing me the numbers, just the fact that she does it. I know that she will be okay. So she can afford to do it. And then the third thing is talking to people. So she spoke to our common friend about it. And our common friend was able to advise her, you're losing money. You don't know. And our common friend said, she wished she had known she probably would have retired early. And both of us really reflected on the fact that this woman had worked so hard and for so many years and only had 
two years of non-working um, to experience. And reflected is like that how, and you know, we recognize, is that how we wanted to live our lives? And we recognize that tomorrow is not promised. You don't know what's going to happen, but you want to cherish the time that you have and do the things that bring you joy in this time period. So she really said to me like, I'm so glad. And I was really happy to have the conversation. So what I've noticed with my friends who have are on this retirement journey. So they're eligible to retire. One friend who retired last year, um, she was preparing for retirement right now. She was just frustrated. She had enough. She had the time. She had the age. And she had parents that she um, wanted to help be more of a caretaker for. And she retired and she doesn't regret it. And she is excited Um, And also found that she was making more money in retirement than she was making (laughs) as a worker. And I keep saying that, but let me tell you how and why. When you retire, you're no longer contributing to FICA. You're no longer contributing to Social Security. You're no longer contributing to your retirement (laughs) accounts. And if, in the case of, if you're a New York City educator, you no longer play New York City and state taxes on your pension. So if you're like me or most people or most educators that I know, you have more, your net pay is less than all the things that are deducted from your check. So imagine the flip happening you get back everything that's being dis- deducted from your check. You get to keep that half of it or that side of it um, because, yes, you're making less, but it's gross. Like you're getting your gross salary. Um, you're getting, in the case of New York City educators, 50% of your gross salary um, in your pension. So that's not even counting your deferred compensation or your TDA. So that's where what people mean when they say you make more in retirement than you do working. Also, your costs diminish a great deal. You're not paying to commute. You're not paying for dry cleaning. If you're a lady, you're, you may not be your hair and makeup and nails. All of that care will either lessen, will probably lessen a great deal because you don't have, you don't need certain clothes to go to work and have certain clothes on the weekends. All comfortable clothes is your thing. If, you know, getting your nails done um, every two weeks, you might say, I don't even, I need them done every three weeks or once a month because you're not typing on a keyboard or writing on a chalkboard, even if you're using a whiteboard, whatever it is, those manicures are lasting a little bit longer. Um, because you're not doing as much with your hands as you did when you worked. Dry cleaning the types of clothes that you're wearing. And then you know, some of you may be like, I'm a teacher. I don't dry clean my clothes. That's fine. But all of those costs, your the wear and tear on your car, the amount of gas that you're paying um, for, all of those things go away pretty rapidly. And you might find yourself cooking at home more because you're not buying lunch because you're at school or in the office. 
So there's a lot of savings that happen because you retire. So seeing all of that and thinking about qualia life, which is something that she also shared, she's like, this commute is killing me. It's taking me three or four hours a day to commute to and from work. And my body is just not (laughs) loving this. So all of those things are things that you have to consider when you think about your retirement. So I will kind of repeat the highlights. One, you have to plan your retirement. And educators, one thing we know how to do is plan. We've been less in planning since we've entered the profession. Take the time to plan your retirement. So plan to know your numbers. Really sit down and whether it's a pension consultation, a financial planner, a certified financial planner, a girlfriend or a friend who's really good with numbers, whatever it is, know the numbers. And three, talk to people. So don't just talk to people about your finances. Talk to other people who have retired or talk to people who do things that you're interested in doing in retirement. Two resources that I think will help you with this process, um, two books that I I love um, and really help me. Well, actually, there's three. Two of them I did um, book reviews on. The first one is Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. Um, And he really talks about the financial part and when is the best time to spend money on certain things. So it sounds morbid, but it's a great book. So, and you know that I love it because I've mentioned it before. So die with zero. Two, design your life. Um, Bennett, and I can't think who the other author is. These are the people who do design thinking at Stanford University. They really talk about exploring what you really want to do, what lights your fire, uh, and some really easy steps that were really beneficial to me um, and how I lived my life organically. And now that I know this formula, it makes me think about how I want to use it going forward. And it really speaks to identifying what your passion is, speaking to people who do it to confirm whether it's really what you want to do or not. And you can do that in retirement as well. So, and then the third book, I did a, um, a book review on, of, on the podcast is Work Optional by Hester um, is the last name. And so Work Optional really helps you prepare Not only, well, it's not as good on the financial part for me. She talks about finances, but I don't think it's as clear mathematically on in that book. But the mental, the social, emotional training and preparation that you have to do to retire um, at any stage of your life is in that book. So it's great. They're great questions. So you can go through the podcast and I'll put the episodes in the show notes and look at the and listen to the book review of Die with Zero, Zero and Work Optional 
I don't think that I did a review on design thinking, but now that I'm mentioning it in this episode, I will. Um, if I haven't already, those are three books. I, I get nothing from naming them, but they were great resources to help me think about um, what retirement could look like for me. So the highest leverage action step that you can take to preparing for retirement is to imagine what retirement would look like for you. Sit down. I just had professional learning last week and the quote we were given was the audacity to dream the impossible. Retirement is possible, but the retirement that you want may seem impossible, but take, have the audacity to dream the impossible retirement and plan it, make it happen. And I know that you will remember to stay in the black. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at staying in the black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...